Hello, and welcome to Kingwood United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining us today. Wherever you're listening from, and whatever service you're listening to, we strongly believe because of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, there is always more to life. Uh, really great to be with y'all here this morning. My name is Pastor Jeremy Bass. For those of y'all who don't know me, I, uh, I'm the pastor of the contemporary service here and also the pastor of discipleship. It's really great to be with y'all here in the house of the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you and you want to open up to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to be starting in verse 32. It's kind of the classic All Saints Sunday text. But before we get started, I I feel like I need to confess something to y'all, that this past week, I have felt very weary, that I found myself this week just feeling overwhelmingly weary. I'm weary waiting on the Lord. I'm weary worrying about the church. I'm weary in feeling like I'm not working hard enough, not praying hard enough, not leading well enough, not preaching well enough. And if only I could do all of those things well enough, then everything would get better. Believing the lie that everything is on me and on my shoulders, and that that lie that I believed has just kind of worn me down, especially this past week. And even yesterday, I was worrying about this sermon, praying over it, Lord, will it be good enough? Lord, will anything happen out of it? Just this pressure that it's all on me. Am I the only one who feels weary Am I the only one who feels like the pressures of life have weighed us down? I can't be the only one. I'm sure that maybe you felt worn down, especially after these past two years. Weary from life, from work, from school, from the fallouts of COVID, from politics, the political discourse has made you weary. Maybe your family life has made you weary. Your spiritual life, just this overwhelming sense of weariness and being worn down. Or maybe you felt weary just from the overall busyness of life. And so that was my kind of emotional state when I just went to write the text this Sunday, or when I, when I went to read the text for the Sunday, and I was deeply moved at how much this passage, this All Saints passage, speaks into the weariness of our lives. So we're going to be reading from Hebrews Chapter 11, starting in verse 32. The author of Hebrews says this, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samuel, Jephthah, and about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, 
so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The word of God for you and me, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This talks, this scripture, it talks about perseverance in the midst of our weariness. And so how can we understand, what do we, how do we persevere in our weariness? What's interesting about this context is the book of Hebrews was most likely written to a group of Christians that was feeling worn down. They were being persecuted for their faith. They were being attacked for what they believed. And it was to the point where they were about to give up. You see it common thread throughout the book of Hebrews is this exhortation from the author. Don't give up. Keep going. Persevere. We even see this in this passage that the author is explaining about all these ancient Hebrew, all these ancient Old Testament heroes as encouragement. Look at how they did not give up. Look at how even in the midst of their persecution, they didn't give up and they received their reward. Just immediately before this, it says this in Hebrews 10, 39, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This author is saying that we are people who do not give up. We're a people who persevere in the midst of our weariness and we have faith. And the author of Hebrews defines faith as assurance in an unseen reality. Assurance in the hope that we have. And so how do we have faith in the midst of weariness? How do we hold on? How do we persevere in the midst of our weariness? What do we do when we feel weary? What do we do? I think the first thing this text teaches us in our weariness, we look backwards at God's faithfulness. In our weariness, we look backwards at God's faithfulness. We look to the faithfulness of God to those who came before us. Interesting in this, it's called the Hall of Heroes, Hebrew 11, or the Heroes of Faith, the Hall of Faith. And it's basically, the author just lists off a ton of Old Testament people and says, look at their faith and look at the fruit of their faith. And it just lists name after name after name and the fruit and the results of those people having faith. And the author is telling us in this passage to look backwards at how God has moved in the lives of these people, to look backwards at them. And the author has just finished telling in great detail, and he does like a rapid-fire hit. Hey, remember this, people? And he hints at all these different stories in the Old Testament about how God was faithful to the people, about how God was faithful to his people, and God's faithfulness is this theme intertwined throughout this chapter. That look at all they did through faith in God. Not faith in their own beliefs or faith in themselves, but faith in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God who has come down to rescue them. 
Scripture says that uh, Jesus says, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, jump, and it will jump. What the point of that text is, is it's not, what doesn't matter is how much faith that you have, but who are you putting your faith in? Are you putting your faith in the one who can make mountains jump? Are we putting our faith in ourselves or in our own strength? Like I had often done, I put my faith in myself and my own strength, and if I do it, I just feel weary and worn down. And so scripture here is reminding his, the people, reminding his audience, reminding people who are about to give up to look backwards at the, the faithfulness of God, to look backwards in the stories of scripture. What I love about the scriptures is it doesn't sugarcoat the lives of the people. It shows the warts and the scars and the failures and the mishaps because the, the point of the scriptures is not to say, look at how great these people are. It's look at how faithful God is in the middle of their lives. That even people who mess up and do terrible things, that they turn back to the Lord and the Lord rescues them. That God is faithful to his people. That what matters is the God who's faithful to them. You know, when my life gets messed up, when I've messed up my own life and I read the stories of scriptures again, I read these Old Testament stories and the New Testament heroes, it makes my life find hope. That if God was faithful to them, if God was faithful to Moses, a murderer, then surely God would be faithful to me. We look back at God's faithfulness. The author lists the examples to his audience, and he says, hold on to these stories, because they tell us about a God who does not let us down. I'm going to be sharing a lot of stories with you all today. It's just kind of illustrations of different people that I know who have had experiences with the Lord and how we can tell our story about God moving in our lives and how that's, that's one of the calls of being a Christian is to tell the story of what God has done and what God has promised to do and what God is doing. When I look back at my own life, I see my own warts and scars, and yet I also see this constant theme of God's faithfulness when I persevered. When I was experiencing healing through my anxiety struggles, that my anxiety got worse for a period of about six months before the Lord saw me through it. It was about persevering and trusting that there will be healing on the other side. When my life fell apart, just that perseverance of keep turning to the Lord, keep going back to him, and he will bring restoration and healing. I was able to, I'm able to look back on my life and see that God has always saw me through that I can hold on to the Lord. And I found myself this past week as I was finding myself weary as I was reading the stories of these people that it brought me encouragement and hope because it showed me of a God who is faithful to them and will be faithful to me as well. That the Lord had to show the lies that I had come to believe so he could expose them to the light and root them out. On All Saints Sunday, we, we recognize the stories of those in our family of faith who have gone before us, and their stories are lives that are testaments to persevering in the faith. And we all have a story to share. We all have stories about God being faithful to us, but so often we don't share them with one another. We keep them to ourselves. I think especially on All Saints Sunday, it's important to remember we are a community of faith designed to share what God is doing in our lives together. 
to listen to the stories of Scripture and listen to the stories of one another, to look backwards about what God has done for us in our lives, in our past, and hold on to that in the middle of our weariness. When you're weary, look at what God has done to them and what God has done for you in your past. I share a story of my brother. Uh, He's a worship pastor up in Huntsville. Uh, Before he was there, he was in kind of a a bad environment at his his old church. It was an unhealthy environment. He wanted to get out. He wanted to quit and move on. He was applying to a bunch of different jobs, and none of them seemed to be working out. And he went to New Room one year, and he said that, uh, or actually what happened is, um, I had a pastor approach me at New Room, and he gave me a business card, and he said, hey, I'm, work, I'm looking for a new worship leader, and the Lord told me to give you my business card. And I said, that's great. I'm not a worship leader, um, but my brother is, so I'll just, I'll just give him your business card. And he was like, okay, yeah, that'd be great. And so I go, and I give my brother the business card from that man, and my brother said, when I handed Jason the business card, the Lord spoke to him and said, do you see how easy it will be for me to find a new job for you? that it'll just be like dropping in your lap. Wait on me, and the next job will come just as easily as this business card being handed over to you. Thanks again for joining us for today's message. We will return to the sermon in a moment, but first, we would like to ask for you to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. We believe God is doing some amazing things here at KUMC, and your feedback helps our church to reach new listeners that we wouldn't otherwise be able to reach. Now, let's get back to the work. So Jason decided to pull all of his resumes from those job boards, and he stopped looking, and he said it it was about that church for about another year. And it was still hard at that church, but he said that he had peace knowing that God was going to provide for him, knowing that God was going to see him through. And literally, he turned in his two weeks, and three days later, he got a new job offer. And so he keeps that business card in his wallet as a reminder of God's faithfulness to him in his past. We need to keep those reminders in our lives about God's faithfulness to us in our lives. And hold on to them when life is weary and wears us down. Second thing we can get from this uh, book of Hebrews is that in our weariness, we look backwards to how God has moved. And we also, in our weariness, we look forward to God's promises. In our weariness, we look forward to God's promises. The author pivots here. And if you notice, he talks about, here's how the Lord delivered his people. And then there's a pivot about halfway through. You may have noticed it because it talked a lot about dying and persecution. Uh, There's a pivot where it says that these were the people who died in their faith. And it says in verse, I think, 38 uh, or verse 39, they did not receive what they had been promised. And so we look forward to the future and we look forward to the future promises of God. And the point the author wants to make is even though these people died without seeing the temporal fulfillment of the promises of God, that they live in the eternal reality of the fulfillment of God's promises. And on All Saints Sunday, we hold on to that eternal promise of God, the promise of the resurrection, our ultimate hope in the faith, 
that allows us to endure anything that this life can throw at us. That even if, like these saints, we don't see the temporal fulfillment of God's promises, we can hold on to that eternal hope that God has set before us. This resurrection is this, that we will, have, we will have new bodies. We will have life in the fullness. We will be in community with one another. I think oftentimes we have this mistaken belief that heaven is a big worship service in the sky forever. Uh, that's not the picture that scripture paints. Scripture paints a, a community, a household, a feast, a wedding banquet. That's about life and life abundance, deep fellowship with one another, deep loving intimacy with one another and with the Lord about being loved and adored by the Father and loved and adored by the Trinity, being taken into this eternal reality. That that is the ultimate hope, that one day he will wipe away every tear, as Revelation says. And death is our ultimate healing. We receive the promise that Jesus fulfilled for us. And on this All Saints Sunday, we hold on to that eternal hope and promise. We hold on to the eternal hope, but we also hold on to the temporal hope and the temporal promises that God can do things in this life as well. It's not an either or that we either think God's going to fulfill everything when I die or nothing here, but it's a both and. That God fulfills promises here in our lifetime and then also there will be some that will be unfulfilled until we die. It's a both and, not an either or. This past Thursday, um, every Thursday I fast and pray for the church. And this past Thursday I felt the Lord say to me, hey, you know that thing that uh, you're feeling weary about? Why don't you fast and pray for that? That seems like a, it seems something that I want to break off you. I was like, all right, Lord. And so if you've ever fasted before, you know that sometimes spiritual warfare uh, gets more intense when you fast. And so that's what happened to me this past Thursday, and I found myself just spiraling out of control, just like this emotional spiral. Y'all ever been there where you just like, just nothing seems to be going on, and those feelings of unworthiness, those feelings of it's all up to me just seem to get worse and worse and worse. And I had forgotten that every Thursday at 2 p.m., me and my band group, we call and we have our meeting. And so 2, 2 p.m. came along, and I suddenly see this phone call from a member of my band group, and I pick it up and I said, guys, this is literally the perfect time because I need prayer right now. And they prayed for me and they encouraged me and I just spilled out all that I was feeling and they prayed against those spirits that were attacking me and against those feelings that I've been having. And the theme of their prayer was to hold on to the promises of God. Remember what God has said that he would do. Remember who God is. Look forward and remember that God is a God who can set you free. That they reminded me of who our God is. You know, my dad, when he was at New Room this past week, it's been a really hard season for the church post-COVID. And my, it's been really hard for my dad at Friendswood. And uh, he was at New Room this past, uh, I guess, September, about two months ago. And uh, there was this one response where the speaker invited all the pastors to come up to the front, and so my dad did. And when he went up, he said that the Lord spoke to him and said, Jim, the, the church is not going to be turned around by better programming or better strategic planning. The church will only be turned around if my people pray and seek my face. If 
my people fast for me and seek my face in prayer. And it's this promise that my dad has found hope in, this promise that my dad is holding on to, that if I just pray and seek his face, that our God is a God of hope and resurrection. You know, in my own life, I didn't believe for the longest time that God wanted to heal me for anxiety. I thought it was one one of those resurrection promises that I would never fully get in this life. And Erica kept saying to me over and over again that the Lord wants to heal you. And I was like, psh, what a ridiculous idea that the Lord wants to heal me. Uh, But she was right, um, as always. Uh, But God was saying, uh, God was saying to her that he wanted to heal me. There was this time when Erica and I were broken up in college. Uh, We were still praying each other during that season. And every time Erica prayed for me, she said that she would see a vision of me as a pastor with a Bible in my hands, surrounded by sunshine and blue sky, and I was laughing. And she said the absolute clear meaning of this was that pure joy and freedom was what God had in store for me. And so when we got back together and got married before we ever started praying for the healing of my anxiety, that God had given her the confidence of his plan for freedom in my life. And that she was going to need that confidence in the midst of praying against the anxiety. She said that the promise of freedom and joy from the Lord gave her supernatural endurance to keep praying that she would not have had on her own. So in our weariness, in middle of life difficulties, we hold on to the promises of God and we look forward to what he will do. And lastly, in this text, in our weariness, we fix our eyes on Christ. In our weariness, we fix our eyes on Christ. Hebrews says this, therefore, in light of all these stories, in light of all these promises, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw everything off that hinders us and pursue and run the race of perseverance marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and protector of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Therefore, in light of all this, in light of all that you're experiencing, therefore, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That Jesus is the one who goes before us, the pioneer, the one who has marked out the way for us, the one who is going before us, the one who we are just called to follow, and the perfecter of our faith, the one who works on us and works on our hearts. To not merely look at him or glance at him in our life, but to fix our eyes on Jesus. Consider him, that, that, that verb, consider him, is in the imperative. It's a command. Think about Jesus. Don't compartmentalize your life. Think about Jesus. Consider Jesus. Consider Jesus in everything that we do. Fix our eyes on him so that we will not be weary and lose heart. Fix our eyes on the example of Jesus who did not despise the cross. Friends, it says here that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses name the witnesses today, but also, friends, you are witnesses. That we're not meant to do this alone. We're meant to do life together. 
And in our weariness, we're not meant to be weary alone. We're meant to have others come alongside and lift us up. That's why I'm so excited about these discipleship bands. It's an opportunity to come alongside. And like I had this week, when my mental and emotional state was spiraling to have someone to come alongside and pray for me and lift me back up and encourage me. And so if you're weary, if you feel weary today, maybe the Lord is wanting you to seek him in new and fresh ways to break out of old habits or routines, to fix your eyes on Jesus, to fix your eyes, not just glance at him, not just do it once a Sunday, but to fix your eyes on Jesus every day and watch him show up in unexpected ways. Kind of in my own life, some examples of fixing my eyes on Jesus and the Lord showing up. There was this one time in college, I had a panic attack And I felt, I was praying, and I felt the Lord say to me, "Uh, Jeremy, I know what it's like to be afraid. He pointed me to the Garden of Gethsemane where it says that Jesus uh, was sweating uh, blood. He was so anxious. There was this other season about a year ago. I didn't believe that God was hearing me or answering my prayers, and I had a friend come and say to me, I feel like the Lord wants me to say to you today that God hears you, and God hears your prayers, and he loves you and cares for you. When I got panic attacks, what I would do is I would call out to Jesus and have him soothe me. And I would just picture Jesus sitting right there with me, suffering alongside me, being there with me. So friends, are we keeping our eyes on Jesus, expectantly waiting for him to show up in our weariness? Or are we holding on to these things that hinder us from running our race? band and communion stewards want to come forward. What's interesting about what I noticed, a constant theme in all these stories is that God showed up. God showed up and it was often in unexpected ways because God is always reaching out to us. The question is, are we listening? Are we waiting expectantly? Are we responding to when he calls? The book of Isaiah chapter 55 has this invitation. It says this, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen to me, and listen, eat what is good. Friends, would you come and receive? Hear this invitation from the Lord to fix your eyes on him and come and meet him in your weariness. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body. Whenever you eat of it, do it in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to God. So this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink of it, do it remembrance of me. And so, Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and juice. Be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by your blood. So, Lord, now we pray the prayer that you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, 
and the glory forever. Amen.